0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Fans Talk Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Freddie Carlson, and today, unfortunately, we're back together under very somber circumstances. I really wish that we didn't have to continue to do things like this. Uh, just a few years ago, Angelo and I were on here doing this exact same thing for Brody Lee, the late, great Brody Lee, uh, and as I'm sure by now, everybody who will hear this has heard, uh, the, the legendary... Uh, so a Tough week for legends in the business of professional wrestling um, First of all, Terry Funk passed away uh, The hardcore icon um, Our thoughts and prayers are with Terry and his family uh, at this time But uh, today we are going to talk about the individual who passed away the very following day um, Which has been... It's a tough pill when anyone passes away Hard to swallow But this one was one of the hardest I think I've ever experienced If not the hardest um, And that is bray wyatt uh rotunda is his real name uh today uh we got some special guests with us uh angelo is here as always our host uh, co-host with me uh we might have some others joining in as well but right now we have austin latham and austin waters so uh both austins say hi angelo as well
1: yo yo hey guys
2: what's up
0: So, um, honestly, today we have zero plan as to what we're going to talk about. We have no direction. We just were, these are all guys who are in the wrestling club group chat. And um, immediately when the news broke on Thursday evening, um, I just had this sense of just disbelief and shock come over me. And our group chat reflected that. And I know that we've been sharing a lot of uh, emotional thoughts over the weekend. And We thought it was fitting to hop on here and just kind of talk together. Uh, Like I said, a few other members of the club might be popping in later. If they do, we'll welcome them in into the call. But uh, for now, uh, before I continue talking too much, I'm just going to open it up to everybody else who's here, Austin, Austin, Angelo, um, whatever you guys want to share about the legendary life, career, and memory of Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt. Feel free to chat. Yeah,
3: yeah. Go um, ahead, go. So I'll, I'll I'll kick it off. Um, <laughs> I I guess I'll just start with um, kind of, and I think I'll I'll say my reaction to when I found out the news, and I'm sure it's a very similar reaction to everyone else here. Um, that uh, it was it was just like a Thursday night, you know. And we we had just heard about Terry Funk's passing the day prior, and of course that was sad in itself, but. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of us are pretty young and didn't really grow up with Terry. So that's kind of it was sad, but we moved along. But I mean, when when we got the news of Bray Wyatt's passing or Wyndham Rotunda's passing, I'm sure we'll use both names, his stage name and his real name. Um, I was cooking dinner, making some burgers and um, I kind of like lost where I was. I <laughs> I totally zoned out for about 20 minutes of just, you know, trying to figure out if this was 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 this real what was going on I mean this was it didn't feel real that an icon someone that we've all been watching um on our screens for the past decade or so that um inspired me and I'm sure inspired everyone here otherwise we wouldn't be sitting here um was gone uh we knew he was having some health complications and of course that was sad but um it things were looking good from what i had heard um and so just it it really knocked me off my feet i mean i was on autopilot for about two hours just i couldn't really talk to anyone i couldn't function properly just hearing that news i don't know about you guys but that was kind of my reactions initially
0: yeah i was actually going to uh take a nap Um, I had just gotten back from a vacation the day before, and I heard the Terry Funk news in the airport, and that was sad, and I I agree with what you said, Austin. Since he was a generation mostly prior to us, we kind of grew up with just the the tail end and then the memories and and, then seeing things in in retrospect. Um, But... I was just going to take a nap. I was just trying to get a little extra rest. And um, I read – I don't know if this report was accurate, but I read today that Bray actually was going to take a nap when he found out when, – when this happened. And, and finding that out just made me feel really eerie if that's actually true um, because I found out right when I was going to take a nap myself. And I find that to just be too eerily similar and close together, and I, I don't like thinking about that. But regardless, um, that nap was – immediately postponed I froze like I was just kind of scrolling through social media I just refreshed Instagram when I saw a picture of Bray Wyatt and I was kind of confused as to why and then the caption said rest in peace and I just felt my heart sink <laughs> just straight down and you know continuing to scroll you then see the the tweet from Triple H and you know confirmi- confirming it and then shortly thereafter other superstars and and companies you know and and major news outlets all were posting about it and i i'm sure we'll get into this more as we go i don't want to you know monopolize a lot of the early time here but i just cannot still wrap my head around it it's been four days and it does not seem real like You can chalk this up to a celebrity quote-unquote passing all you want, but it's different for us wrestling fans, I think, when someone like this passes away. Someone so young and someone who identifies so much with who we are as individuals and our interests and our our belief in in this great sport that we love and we, we usually talk so lovingly about cheerfully every day I mean at any given day our group chat is flowing with news or, or updates or you know talking about this match or that segment or that promo or whatever it is and you know it's it gets lost sometimes how meaningful this is and it's a shame that we only kind of put that into perspective both as you know the, the importance of the people that we're watching and, and the, the sport and, and the emotion and all of it It's a shame that it only comes into this kind of perspective in moments like this, but I'm glad it does in the same respect, because it it gives us a chance to hopefully continue to work on on holding those things with a little bit more regard and love and cherishment, because that's what it deserves, and I I took this loss like a, a relative or a family friend, someone like I knew personally. I don't know about the rest of you guys, but that's certainly the way I took it immediately.
2: Oh, yeah, like, I mean, with with me, I, it was, like, autopilot. I a small part of me wanted it just to be, like, a storyline because Bray is such a creative person that he could have just killed off his character. But then, like, the SmackDown tribute and AEW posting and Impact and, all these other companies, it just kind of made it, I guess, real. And I'm friends with um, one of the people that was on the road with Bray a lot, and he was just reflecting stories uh, about him and Bray on the road. I guess the I don't don't even know how to, like, say it. Like, it it was a gut punch that, like, he's actually gone because I love horror and I love wrestling. So, like, Bray kind of, like, merged those two things for me when I was a kid watching him as the Swamp Leader and then The Fiend... And then whatever he had planned for the Uncle Howdy gimmick, it reeled me in just because two of my interests merged into one. And, yeah.
0: (laughs) No, man, that's – and you're in a unique situation. And, you know, being able to have been in in that – locker room at the time that you said you were and you know being around guys who who know Bray and and who, who, who worked with him and traveled with him that's that's a perspective that none of us can say we've had and it's 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 both inspiring and also just heartbreaking to know like you see these people who surely Treated, considered Bray a a friend, and you know, not just a coworker, but a friend. People like the guy that, oh yeah, we'll see him down the road, and then you don't, and that's that's the hard part. Yeah. Um, Angelo, what about you?
1: So, I don't remember. I think I might have actually been late to the group chat for the news um, because I was at work. And uh, my brother actually texted me. I was just finishing up making pizza and I was literally getting ready to clean my station. And um, I felt my phone vibrate. I'm like, what's what's going on right now? Cause I never hear it. Like I never feel it vibrate more than like once or twice. So I look at my phone, I see my brother texted me and he goes, holy shit. So I open the text and there's like three or four different text messages in a row and one of them was Ray Wyatt died and I was like much like you guys I froze and I was just at a pause for like five minutes and I was like what the hell is going on so I looked I wanted to check the group chat I went in the group chat and I saw a post I don't remember who was the first one to send it but I saw like breaking news and I'm like Oh, okay, this is real. Like this isn't much like what Austin said, like maybe he killed the Bray Wyatt character, maybe he was working on something else. You know, I took it as like, Wow, like I can't believe this is real, especially because at such a young age for that to happen, I was like so taken back, like it's was it four days later now, and it's still a numbing feeling. You know, when Brody Lee passed away, we all felt it. The emotions came right out for me when G. Briscoe passed away. Same thing. We felt that the emotions came right out for me with Brie Wyatt. Nothing could come out. Like, it's still a numbing feeling and it's like, I just can't believe that actually like the person himself is gone. Like the character, if the character was gone, I wouldn't care. But the person himself, like, it's like, wow. (laughs) Like, that really is, like, like a punch to the to the gut. And, like, it's just something that you can't bounce back from right away.
3: Yeah. Like, I, I was thinking about it, too. I'm, like, looking back on it now, I mean, perspective is 2020. If I had known what would happen to the actual man, Wyndham Rotunda, I mean, indirectly by coming back to wrestling, you know, he could have caught COVID anywhere, of course. But, like, if perchance, like, his latest run he happened to catch the covid on it which led to his health complications and so on and so forth you know if that could have all been avoided by him just going taking his ride out into the sunset and just you know not coming back at all i think we'd all much rather have him still on this earth Mm and be around and just because like wrestling we all love it but at the end of the day it's like it's about way more than that it's about the people themselves and uh i think we'd all rather have Wyndham back 100%. And you realize
0: it's more about the people when, again, it's like I said it before, when you get to a moment like this and you don't realize it, you know, I mean, look at what happened when Brody Lee passed away. I remember where I was when that happened. I was at my friend's house in his living room and I almost burst into tears in front of my friends and they were looking at me like, is everything okay?" And I said, no, I mean, I know it just might seem it might seem, you know, I don't want to say foolish to mourn like this over someone you didn't know, but you feel like you know them and you, you don't realize like it was Tim who told me that he had four kids these are four young kids two of them are so young I don't even know if they'll remember Wyndham that that yep. absolutely shattered my heart and of course JoJo too you know you I, everyone the whole family but my, my mind immediately goes to those kids it immediately went back to Brody and, and, and his two kids Jay Briscoe and his kids and I think... I, I I burst into tears when Brody passed... And similarly with Jay Briscoe... And I think I'm just numb now... Because... Y- you can't... You can only react so much... Before you just stop being able to feel... When these things happen... You reach a point of just no return... Losing young... People... You know... Young men who... These three that we're talking about at least... That have young kids and families, wives at home, people that will now go on without them, and I'm sure they'll be strong. We've seen such great things from Brody's family over the last few years with how his wife and his kids have been so lovingly accepted into the wrestling family in AEW in a way that makes them feel comforted. And I'm sure we'll see something similar with WWE and and Bray Wyatt's family. I, I'm confident in that. But for all of us who who grew up watching them, like you said, Austin, if we could trade in whatever we could to get them back, I know we would all agree that that's what we would want. And on the flip side, to look at it from Wyndham's perspective from all the things I've heard, he was so happy to come back last year when he did. And Mm -hmm. look, like you said, he would, he could have gotten this anywhere. This could have happened at any moment in time, whether he came back or not. But if he was able to be happy and enjoy himself and do what he's loved to do more than anything in this business one last time, I can take a little bit of comfort in knowing that at least he was doing everything he loved one last time, you know? Like, even though you kind of wish that it, 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 if it, if it had to be the thing to go, at least we know he was happy. At least we know doing this and being in that ring and being in front of the people is everything he's ever wanted to do. And he got to do it one last time before an untimely demise. So I take a little bit of comfort in that because if it wasn't the case, then it might be a little, even more of a hard pill to swallow.
1: Yeah, it definitely is a very hard pill to swallow. You know, I was actually reading something. I think you guys might've seen it too on, uh, on Instagram or maybe on Twitter or something, but I read something that, Bray was so excited to make his return. Yeah. I think he was supposed to return at payback, if I'm not mistaken. Him and Triple H, like they were working so closely together on he was, it. He was due back They had something day. huge in the works.
0: Yeah. No. You know, but,
1: yeah. Yeah, but they were like really like working closely together, trying to, you know, further the story and further develop the character and now like all those plans are (laughs) are no longer like in existence because of what just happened and it's so sad because it's like you could see like Bray having fun with his story and having fun being in charge of it and the dude had such a great mind for the business like he's one of the most creative people I think in the
0: has Decade. Oh, the decade, you can go back farther and farther. I I can genuinely count on one hand the amount of people who are as creative as he is. He, he was, sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, his... And this is something I, I know we're really going through the sad right now, and I... I We're mourning too, but I want this to also be a celebration of Bray Wyatt and and all of the good things that he provided us over the years. And I do want to transition to that at some point, but kind of in line with that, Bray's commitment to his creativity is something that should be studied in a class if you're training to be a professional wrestler. If you're training to get into this business, the things that Bray Wyatt was able to do just because of his own ingenuity, his own mindset, his own capacity to want to create something unique, something special, something forever, that is, got to bottle that. Because there is nobody on the level that he got to. And I don't know if anyone ever will again it might not have been for everybody in terms of their cup of tea or, you know, something that they necessarily fully understood, but it was unique. And 95% of the time, it was something that it was fun. And it was a, it was a thing you'll never forget from that show that it was on.
2: Oh yeah. And like with Bray's commitment to his characters, I I remember seeing, um, it was Swamp uh, Cult Leader Bray talking about The Fiend back earlier in his Swamp Leader uh, gimmick and just for him to process that over into actually being The Fiend uh, it, it just showed wonders of like this long term booking so to speak, that Bray was able to master and deliver to us.
3: Yeah, um, <laughs> I think it's so it's so amazing too to 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 look over Bray's career from the beginning to the end and see he was obviously putting in the work to get himself over a hundred percent with his creativity and not just his creativity, but it's also, he was actually really talented in the ring. And I don't think people, um, always recognize that because it goes like gimmick first and then wrestling ability. When you talk about Bray Wyatt, but man, he was talented in the ring too. Um, but my point being is that not only was he getting himself over with his gimmick, but, there were a few years, probably before his first world title win, where he was constantly thrown into feuds with just about everyone on the roster Chris Jericho, Ryback, Roman Reigns, um, Daniel Bryan. I mean, there were so many feuds. And Wyatt didn't go over all that often at the end of those feuds. He was always kind of used as the antithesis to these, you know, baby faces at the time. And, um, Nevertheless, I mean, he's he he did his part and then some. He he got himself over, he got the good guys over. Um, he he always was he had this business first mindset, and I'm I'm glad eventually he did get his time, um, you know, to be that guy, to be the guy who they decided to put the strap on a couple times good uh which is really good three times but every? yeah no it's uh, he was always looking out for more than just himself he was looking out for everyone on the roster case as well
0: case in point i saw mustafa ali posted something um in memory of Bray Wyatt and what you just said immediately popped into my mind as you were saying it um back in i think it was 2018 they did a short tour of 205 live doing like a live event shows literally based on 205 live and you know no offense to that show the tickets weren't selling so to boost the ticket sales they added a special attraction match from the main roster which was going to be uh matt hardy broken matt hardy versus bray wyatt and ali said that he's talking to bray in the locker room one day or before or after one of those those tour shows he said i'm so sorry for dragging you out here essentially feeling like he thought bray didn't Deserve to be on a tour with 205 live you know Bray Wyatt's been on the main roster these many years you know he should be touring with the main crew or whatever you know Ali kind of self-pity or whatever it was and Bray's response was hey man don't say don't apologize this this is what we do If, if this business doesn't succeed unless we all help each other out so Bray Wyatt, even though he was on a tour that he probably would never have been on if it wasn't for the fact that he could boost ticket sales and if it wasn't for the fact that they needed an attraction match, he's still going there willingly and happily doing his job because that's the mindset he had, his business-first mindset. What you said, Austin, is true. He, he, He never went over. So many times people thought he should have, and maybe, yeah, you can argue it for, for the rest of eternity whether or not he should have won this match or that match, and I don't want this to become that, but he never let it stop him from pushing forward. How many guys or girls would have gone into the situations that he did and losing the big match, and then another big match, and then this one and that one, and given up and said, you know what, I'm never going to get over, I'm gonna go, I want to leave, I want to go somewhere else. Bray never let that happen. He kept coming back with new ideas. He kept going to the well and came back with another big swing of the bat. And they didn't always go deep, but you know what? He was giving it his all every time. And it didn't matter who he was feuding with, whether it was the lower-level guys like Ryback or whether he was in the main event feud or all when Brock Lesnar wasn't there and he was feuding with Roman Reigns and Hell in a Cell or whatever it was. Bray Wyatt continued to go out there and deliver time and time and time again. And whether it was the way we wanted it to go or not, he came back better because of it. And I don't think there are many guys in this world and in this business, or guys and girls, I should say, that, that can do the things that Bray Wyatt did in terms of just never letting that frustration that I'm sure was building, I'm sure he wasn't exactly pleased with what was going on, But he he kept consistently saying, I'm not going to let this stop me from being who I want to be and doing what I want to do and staying in the only company I've ever wanted to work for. And he could have gone anywhere. He could have gone anywhere when he was released. He could have gone to AEW. He could have gone to Impact. He could have done anything he wanted. But he wanted to stay in WWE. And as soon as he had the chance to come home, he did. Because he didn't care about the booking. He didn't care about, at least from all intents and purposes that I could see, he just wanted to to perform and he wanted to entertain and he wanted to share his art form with the world and I think that there is something special about that that we should never, ever let go of. So, rather than... Oh, Angela, did you have something? Oh,
1: I was... I was... uh. I was just about to add to, like, you know, the fact that when he came back, you know, like, you could see in his eyes when he made that grand entrance, that little tribute to, uh, to Brody Lee with that door. And, um, you just, like, when the camera was panned on his face, you could just see, like, in his eyes, like, the emotion wanted to come out. Like, he almost wanted to cry when he came back because the amount of... I guess you could feel the amount of energy in the arena from the fans and everything. And just looking at his face, like you could tell that he was definitely happy to be back. Definitely happy to be back. I, I guess you could say home.
0: I think he always viewed it as his home, yeah.
2: And to piggyback off of what Angelo said, I was in the arena for when he made his debut. Return God if I can speak uh, At Extreme Rules And You I Like I couldn't even Describe With words Like How Much Joy And like I guess Happiness In that arena With Are surrounded by fans uh, was there like at least the people that were around me? They all said that they had goosebumps, and like it was a surreal moment to just be a fan watching it. I I bet it was twenty times more surreal for Bray like, coming out and doing the Brody tribute and just feeding off of the energy in that arena.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I never take the time out of my day to really watch the B-Show pay-per-views live anymore. And all on the whim of a potential return, because all the QR codes are pointing to Extreme Rules being the day, and, you know, you kind of... Had this inkling that he was he was coming back. I sat down and watched Extreme Rules start to finish just to see if he actually did. And I am so glad that I did. Good show, great ending. And I rewatched that video as I'm sure we probably all have in the last few days of him making that return. Oh, man, there's just something special about that. That. Reaction when they when the fans in attendance, as you were there, Austin, you you can attest to it. When you finally realize, like, okay, it seems like it might be. Could it be? uh, I think we. I think it is. When you finally have that definitive idea that Bray Wyatt just came back, it was like the most earth shattering return you could have imagined at that point in time, because everybody wanted him back, and he came home and. It just went ballistic. And again, there's something to be said that you need to bottle it. Because this man did that at least like three times. Where he was away and he came back. And when he came back, the place went insane for him. And how many guys could say that? Go ahead.
3: No, I was going to say Freddie... So correct me if I'm wrong, but you and I and maybe Angela was – I think Angela was there too for Money in the Bank 2019. Yes. yes. Was, that, was that the first time we saw the Firefly Funhouse gimmick on screen or was that like the second or third time? I, I believe, can't recall. I
0: believe that might have been the first time because they were doing all the teases with the cardboard box leading up to it. And then I, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, that's when they like revealed that it was Bray Wyatt.
3: Right. And I – that moment always sticks with me because it it really sticks with me, me because it shows how quickly the fans gravitate towards anything Bray Wyatt does because you know in someone else's hands it looks like a gimmick with a guy who's doing Steve from Blue's Clues and it looks stupid and I'm sure like people would say oh that's just Vince doing his Vince thing with anyone else but with Bray Wyatt people loved it because they knew that there was something really special there. And I remember that vignette playing and or that package going and not even 10 minutes later, an arena full of people were chanting Yowie Wowie, something they had just heard for the first time on that video package. And they chanted during and the movie, man. that always sticks out to me as, you know, how much pull he had in the wrestling business that he could get something over on the first time he said it.
0: I remember that night and that was one of the things I was referring to when you said – when I just said he's done it like three times because, man, when that place saw Bray's face, it went nuts. And it just was insane and, and – and, and and you know what it was too? It was different. Like I think that that's the thing that always made Bray so special to me. It was always different but in a great way. You know, it never felt different in a way that felt super forced, like some gimmick that you just knew was going to fail because it wasn't Bray Wyatt. If he came out there, uh, I mean, let's call a spade a spade. When he was Husky Harris, that wasn't going to go anywhere. And you knew that wasn't. A gimmick that was gonna go somewhere. Now we didn't know how talented Bray was at the time because we didn't have the chance to see it. But if he came out as Husky Harris after all of his uh, swamp cult leader days, then you would have felt like this is forced and this is not fair. This isn't right. This isn't Bray. But he got he, he completely pivots from what he had spent six years developing between NXT and the main roster, and he just completely parallels it to something totally different, totally unlike anything we've ever seen with him, and it was amazing. I mean, th- th- there is nobody I can see doing what he did with such a drastic difference in character. Like, it's one thing to go from heel to babyface or babyface to heel, and you have the nuances change. Maybe you wear a different color. You change your theme song. You-, you you walk with a smirk on your face or a smile or whatever. Bray just 180'd, and the fans hooked on it like a fish to a worm in the ocean. It... it-, it- it blows my mind that people could he could get people to just yeah I want it I'm in let's go on the first look like you just said I I, I, I don't know how he did it I don't know how he did it
1: yeah M- Money in the Bank 2019 that was actually I was actually thinking about that I think it was yesterday um I was just like going back trying to think of any sort of Bray Wyatt memory that I could have had in person. And that was the first one that came to mind. And I remember the whole crowd, like we were just saying, like chanting Yowie Wowie. And then to even further it at one point in the men's money in the bank match, uh, it was before Brock came out and eventually won the match. But I remember the fans were chanting Yowie Wowie. And for a moment, I myself, I don't know how you guys felt, but I myself wanted to believe that Bray was going to come out and do some crazy, something crazy or something just like, I don't want to say stupid, but like goofy almost, just to just to make an appearance and get the crowd really going. But, you know, I, I guess it's better that it didn't have that money in the bank and it wound up happening a little bit later on. But for the crowd to be chanting "Yowie, Wowie." Multiple times in one night—that really shows how much of a pull Bray had on the fans.
0: No, you ain't getting. Yeah, I mean the last time, and I—I was trying to go back in time and think of all the times I've seen Bray Wyatt live and in person, and I—I I only can vividly remember three. Two of them were at Summerslams. And one of them was at a house show. Now I'm sure you guys all remember that infamous house show, uh, that infamous Raw, where Brian Daniel Bryan shed the Wyatt skin, and that that crowd went ballistic in terms of you know Bray turning Daniel turning on Bray. They did that same thing the night before, I guess, to test it on the live crowd at the house at the live event in the Westchester County Center, 24 hours prior to them doing it on Raw. It, it had that same vibe of just like you, you, you want it. Bray did so well as a heel to make you want the babyface to win, even if you you knew Bray was probably the the right guy to win in a situation. He just he had this way of him of getting you behind the babyface just by doing the things that he did, and I and I never misunderstood that. I always took note of how good he was at that and then the last time I saw him live and in person was SummerSlam 2017 and it wasn't anything special it was his match with Finn Balor not the Fiend one the one two years prior but it, it, it just that feeling of the Fireflies and a building as big as the Barclays Center is just so awesome and it's something I'll miss being a part of very dearly for sure that's that's my recollection of seeing Bray live in person. Um, I want to turn to the first time The Fiend made his entrance. SummerSlam 2019 in Toronto. What was your guys' reaction to seeing that character in its full <coughs> entrance, full everything for the first time? What was your immediate thought when you saw Bray turn to this demonic secondary character that he had.
2: I mean, I'll I'll go... Uh, For lack of better terms, yeah, we wowie. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) like... uh, Like like I said, I I like horror. Uh, So, like, when I saw him in, like... What... Typically not PG Like with the Blood like Monster It was Cool to me And If I remember correctly I was probably watching with my little cousin And he was cowering in the corner Um Of just looking At the fiend and i just thought it was so cool
0: yeah i just was like this is it this i I, in that moment you're like this is the next mega hit for wwe (laughs) obviously didn't go that way but in that moment watching him march down that aisle with that just Awesome, roaring theme song behind him. The lights, the... uh everything. I... The Lantern had everything just really... Ah, oh, man, that presentation was so well done. It was so well done. Bray was such a genius for the nuance that he provided.
3: Yeah, everything about The Fiend that first time we saw him, of course, was, like, amazing. And it was everything that any wrestling fan... Could hope for. I mean, it was it was amazing. Um, but yeah, like you said, the the lantern is what sold me. I couldn't believe that he had adapted something from his old gimmick, which was the lantern that he was synonymous with carrying around, which was just a regular lantern at the time, and morphed it into this kind of like the old Bray Wyatt is dead by having a severed head lantern of Bray's own head is that was with for me the probably one of the coolest things in wrestling that i've probably ever seen in terms of gimmick work i've never seen anything like that um it's (laughs) it it still blows me away to think about that
0: yeah no he, he had the nuances down to the most minor detail both in the in the in the presentation in the production and the way he walked and what he wore and what he carried it was just so well done and i i know it's not to be negative i just wish they didn't you know throw something like that away as quickly as they did and whatever the case may be you know it's a memory now that will be super fond for us those first few times blame, bl- <laughs> just
3: blame the old man
0: <laughs> yeah yeah old man that's, that's easy. That's, that seems to be the way to go these days um, but anyway uh, yeah so another thing that I wanted to talk about which might be a little bit more difficult just because I feel like it's got a lot of options here what is one match that when you think of Bray Bray Wyatt you will always feel he is synonymous with one match that will always be the, your favorite match to talk about When it comes to Bray Wyatt, I know mine, and I have a feeling some of you guys might agree. But what are your guys' top choice of a Bray Wyatt match if you have to go back and rewatch
3: one? I knew I knew you were going to ask this question, so I and I still don't know the answer. (laughs) I I, there's there so come back to me. I guess I have to think about it. But he he has a storied career for a reason, man. There's just too many. I
0: I spent all weekend thinking about it. You know, I I knew once we decided to do this pod. I made it a point to want to um, have have that thought prepared, so I'll go first to give you guys a chance because I'm sure it's a difficult thought. Um, and you know, Bray Bray did so many things with so many different superstars, and we've talked about that at length in this episode. You know, uh, both from his very beginning of the days as the Wyatt family, and then on his own, back to the Wyatts, and then. Uh, eventually, as the fiend, and then his very quick uh, run in his return. Um, but I always go back to the match that was the first time that opened my eyes to Bray Wyatt is much more than just a cult leader who kind of just does weird things and just you know cuts these weird promos. And may it not be the match that everybody kind of had that opening uh, eye-opening feeling for him, but I know it was for me. Um, Elimination Chamber 2014 It was The Wyatt Family Versus The Shield For the first time ever I to this Day To this day Stand by and say that is one of The most Entertaining Six man tag team matches I have ever Seen in my life The sheer quality of everything, the hype, the anticipation, these two new young groups, these guys who are coming up, they dominated the second half of 2013. They were the guys who were on the rise. And yet, you know, at the time you felt that they were all going to be stars one day. And you really wished that they would get there now because you could sense it and you could feel it and you knew it was coming. And then they have this powder keg of a match where everyone's just ready. They're ready for them to go for it. They're ready for them to go one another. And then they finally go, and it's just 100 miles an hour, and it's just wonderful. And I think it's some of the best work that was done, period, by either group as a a trio. And it was the first time that I isolated Bray Wyatt away from being this guy who cuts weird long promos that I didn't fully understand at 13, 14 years old, to wow he is just really good at what he does and he has a special gift and that's inside that ring and it should not be misunderstood so that was that's the first one that came into my mind and uh a second one that came into my mind which might be a little bit more common as a singles match for bray wyatt in terms of his singles career um obviously elimination chamber three years later 2017 when he finally won the wwe championship um those two matches stick with me for sure so um any of you guys want to comment on those matches? Maybe another one's popped into your mind. Feel free to share any of that.
1: So, oh, I'm sorry, Austin, you could go. No, you go. You're good. <laughs> so, um, I actually do agree with Freddie on those two, uh, elimination chamber matches, but I don't know. There's just this one match. That was early on in his career With the Wyatt family and everything Um It's his Match against John Cena I believe it was the Extreme Rules Pay-per-view And If I remember correctly it was a steel cage match And uh There's one moment That sticks with me where Bray Wyatt had A child dressed up as like one of his Sheep And the kid was singing, like, he's got the whole world in his hands in front of John Cena. And John Cena just looked confused as all hell. And Bray Wyatt wound up winning the match. But I feel like for some reason that match, like, it just really solidified Bray as a character. And it made me realize, like, early on in his career that, you know, this guy is going to be a star. He's going to be somehow the face of WWE at some point in his career. And his, not only his match with John Cena, but like the feud that they had going on for a while. Like for me, that just like solidified Bray Wyatt is going to be a top dog in the company. And fast forward a couple of years, a couple of years later, he was,
0: that, that video package before their WrestleMania match in 2014 uh, I'm top 5 video packages of all time with Eminem's legacy song playing in the background oh my god that video was incredible Austin you were going to yeah. go ahead? sorry about that I don't know who I cut off sorry sorry
3: <laughs> um I still don't have an answer <laughs> um, there's there's I guess that speaks to how great Bray Wyatt was, was that yeah, I, just, I really I don't think I remember Bray Wyatt for his matches per se I mean he was a fantastic wrestler and I mean there's there's there are a lot of matches it's not that I can't remember any of his matches it's just that there's a lot I think more so I remember since he's so passionate about his character work. I remember the feuds themselves and um you know how how those storylines played out from week to week. And I think I think going back to what you mentioned about um the Daniel Bryan stuff that he's been doing or that he did very early on, I think in like 2013. Um and how captivating that was because you know, <laughs> Daniel Bryan for however many months was against them. And then he joined them. And then there was the steel, the steel cage match like you just talked about. And I don't know, I guess that uh, you already touched on it a lot, but his ability to turn the crowd completely against himself to the point where Eighteen thousand arms, or thirty-six thousand arms—I guess eighteen thousand people <laughs> in the arena are doing the same thing at the same exact time with the yes chant, and that—that that raw had probably the most, you know, in-sync yes chant I've ever seen in my life, maybe except for WrestleMania Thirty. Um, <laughs> and so, I guess I, I think more of his feuds. I mean, I think of even, even some feuds that went under the radar. I mean, his, his run against Braun Strowman in 2020 during the COVID era is one that doesn't get talked about a lot, but I think Bray was really at his most experimental during that run. I mean, that was when he was doing the swamp match at the Extreme Rules horror show. And he was just teasing the Alexa Bliss, Sister Abigail character. And, um, so i I really think back to that feud as kind of being one of his underrated feuds. It was uh, it was so experimental and um, one that I personally enjoyed because of it kept building and building and building. and it finally paid off at SummerSlam and then um, the big dog <laughs> reclaimed his yard. and so um, I kind of I kind of think that we were gonna get a longer Bray Wyatt fiend uh, Universal title run. But I think they had to change things up for Roman Reigns really quickly. Um,
0: and, then look
3: because, at, and then look, yeah, go ahead. It,
0: no, look where it's at now. He's been champion ever since. So Bray Wyatt still to this day is technically the most recent Universal Champion besides Roman Reigns. Sorry, continue.
3: No, no, no. That's that's exactly it. I mean, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Is that you know that <laughs> they had so much faith in Bray, and then they put the title on Roman, and it's been. It's been all Roman ever since. Um, I always kind of wondered in the back of my head if it was ever going to come full circle where it was eventually going to be a a new iteration of Wyatt that he had to shed that skin of the fiend and be reborn to take his title back from Roman and bring the whole thing full circle. But um, that's always going to be speculation, I guess, Mm -hmm. unfortunately.
0: Yeah, no, that's for sure. And I, I also wonder, you know, had things been a little different at the beginning of the COVID era, I mean, they obviously took the title off of Bray before WrestleMania 36 with the intention of Bray facing John Cena and then Goldberg facing.
3: No, no, don't talk about it. I We can't.
0: I'm gonna focus on the positive here, hold on, just bear with me because you guys know I hate this match don't worry I, I shouldn't have said his name, it's not Voldemort, it's he who should not be named, it's the other one, um, no I'm saying, going back to the beginning had things been different for that Wrestlemania which obviously we know was the weirdest Wrestlemania ever, and you know beginning of a pandemic, what are you supposed to do but Talk about taking your lemons and making lemonade. And no, I'm not talking about that god awful Becky Lynch shirt that they just released a few weeks ago. I'm talking about the Firefly Funhouse match, which I am not letting us not talk about in here because at the end of the day, it may not have been a wrestling match. It may not have been one that's going to be a five star classic on the mat. You know, like you know Steamboat and Savage from WrestleMania three, but it a hundred and ten percent was the best part of that WrestleMania, and it it will forever be, in my opinion, I love the Boneyard match, but the Firefly Funhouse match is the greatest cinematic wrestling match that there's ever been, and probably ever will be, sorry Ultimate Final Deletion, whatever one they did in Impact, sorry Boneyard match, that Firefly Funhouse match was a trip, and I loved every single second of it.
2: Yeah, and I I was actually going to say the Firefly Funhouse match. uh, Match, if you want to call it that. Um, Because I feel like, yes, Bray was a phenomenal wrestler, but he also made good of the COVID era and made a cinematic match into something to care about, uh, at that time. Uh, and it really showed like grace creativity.
0: Yeah, for sure. He, you know, he, he really, like I said, he took a really difficult situation and he made the absolute most of it. And, you know, I, I, think out of everybody in that era, he, he he tried his best to excel because he saw where everyone saw just let's kind of grit our teeth and get through this. He saw opportunity and he saw a chance to experiment and make money while experimenting and say, hey, maybe we hit a home run and we do something that, you know, will never be forgotten. And maybe the swamp match didn't go as well as, you know, people may have hoped. But that Firefly Funhouse match, it, it did. And that was exactly what he accomplished. He accomplished hitting a home run on something that nobody probably ever thought he could or would. But damn sure hit that home run and damn sure left a mark that will never be forgotten because of that home run.
3: And I always forget, too, there's one other Bray Wyatt cinematic match that I think a lot of people forget about, myself included, is the uh, 2017 House of Horrors match that he had with Randy Orton, which was a cinematic match like out of its era you know i mean like that those were not happening in wwe back then not at all um and i don't think people loved that match i don't remember loving it per se i mean especially be- the live crowd who had to sit and watch it for like 20 25 minutes without any action in front of them um but again i think it was just a really big swing that why it took to try to prove that there's way more that they can just that they can do in this business outside of the squared circle. Um,
0: oh yeah. And Absolutely. Back to that. Absolutely. And, and I think that, I think people are down on that match because Randy Orton was WWE champion. The title was not on the line. Bray kind of got the short Rain. end of the stick with the short title reign. And I think people were just kind of frustrated because they thought Bray Wyatt should have had a longer reign. And if not, at least have his rematch be at extreme Rules. And instead he was in this, Cinematic experiment, but you know, like you said before, hindsight being twenty twenty, maybe that's what Bray wanted. Bray wanted to experiment, and Bray was trying to do something cool and unique that wasn't being done in, in the company at the time. At the time, cinematic wrestling was kind of taboo. Impact Wrestling tried it, and yeah, sure they hit a home run with the Final Deletion, but you know, WWE had never ventured into this area really before. They had done the whole Boiler Room Brawl thing, but that wasn't cinematic. That was just mankind jumping off of things onto solid concrete. You know, it was not cinematic at all and i think that you got to admire the attempt and you got to admire the opportunity that they took and may not have panned out the way they had hoped but it's true and they had so many cinematic effects too during a lot of braze matches that i think again experimentation for the sake of hoping to find that next big thing and i think that that's always okay maybe they went a little too far at times But even the Inferno match thing that they did with Randy Orton at uh, TLC that year where he kind of set himself on fire. I don't remember exactly what happened, but that was kind of cinematic in a sense. The match was kind of normal, and then the whole lighting him on fire thing went on to be a little cinematic, but that was kind of cool too. It was different. Somebody got lit on fire. You don't see that every day.
3: Yeah, I think that, you know, I think – they they tried to take advantage of the fact that there were no people in the audience to call them out on their bullshit on that one because it did look like a rag doll was just kind of set on fire. <laughs> um, yeah, <it> but did. <laughs> they, they tried.
0: <laughs> and, uh, e for effort, right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so... You know, Bray, Bray just always innovating, always trying new things. And, you know, another thing I want to touch on is... Um, his his promo his promo ability because man he could cut a good promo even if it never made sense sometimes I'd listen to his cult leader promos and I'd get so confused and so lost but he had this way of speaking that it never sounded condescending it never sounded like he was a heel for a lot of that time And, and yeah when he's a heel you can sense this feeling of like yeah you know you don't like what he's saying but you can't help but listen and you you start feeling intrigued to want to know more where you get a guy like the miz coming out i don't want to hear what this guy say i want him to shut the hell up because he's just pissing me off by even being here bray wyatt didn't do that he was the kind of heel that was always the coolest you know you had your cool swaggy heels and then you had your man these guys suck but they're really good at what they do heels he was he was just enjoyable to listen to captivating even in his heel ways enthralling even in words that people might not understand but yet you want to hear more of them you want to listen more you want to dive deeper into what he's saying you want to learn and you want to grow and you want to be a part of it only because you just want to know more he had that that perfect way of speaking to you that it never felt unenjoyable I would say
3: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, just this past uh, weekend, I I decided to do a little research into the history of Bray Wyatt, and I found out that his original character from 2012 to 2014-ish, the cult leader character, was um, based on a 90s Martin Scorsese movie from 1991 called Cape Fear, in which um, Robert De Niro plays this character called Max Cady, who is this... You know, Hawaiian shirt wearing, truth telling, Southern drawl speaking, like prophet kind of guy, and he—he's the bad guy of the movie. But still, you can't take your eyes off of him, and you can't stop listening to what he has to say. And it's almost like he's—you know—you you know he's doing bad things. He's the villain of the movie, but like, it's just he, Robert De Niro you know he's known for good fellas and all that but i really think that that was one of his best performances ever and i can see why it inspired bray wyatt to create the swamp cult leader gimmick and how it influenced you know his whole gimmick and his whole career really
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i mean really that is um no better way to put it than that i mean it's true he just had this way of incorporating things from outside of wrestling that he loved and turning them into something that wrestling fans could understand and relate to and want to know more about you know whether it was that saw that swamp cult leader or whether it was the you know steve uh from blues clues ask kind of Mr. Rogers character or the, uh, the, the demonic side of the, that alter ego, the Jekyll and Hyde type of thing. Like he just, he never failed to be himself while being entertaining, while also being unique. And that blend is such a cool thing. And I know we keep talking about it, but it's just so cool. It's always been cool, and that's why we gravitated towards Bray Wyatt for the last decade. And that's why we loved every time he was on our screen. Because you knew what you were about to get was going to be fun in some unique way. And I think that that's awesome. It's truly awesome.
2: Yeah, I think
1: One thing that um, I feel like a lot of Not just like WWE fans But I feel like wrestling fans As a whole Probably for the most part Forget that wrestling Is more than just um, Going out there And using moves Against you know whoever it is That you're facing in a feud Or just in a match or whatever it may be You know it's Wrestling part of wrestling is also acting, and some sometimes I mean, we still see it now. either you have it or you don't really have it, and you have to go back to the drawing board. But the thing with Bray is he was so entertaining that even when he wasn't wrestling and he was just cutting a promo or airing vignettes or Even just posting something on social media that had to do with his character, like he was still acting as the character on social media with some of his posts. And you could see, like, that even then, he still had everybody's attention. You know, he, there was one thing that I won't forget. I think it was the WrestleMania when uh, the COVID WrestleMania, as I like to call it, um, he wanted to turn his SUV into a monster truck for the Fiend character. Like, this dude was so creative in so many different ways, but I feel like that could have added another layer to the Fiend character. And it would have just been, like, so awesome to see. But, you know, it's one of those things that, like, you know, it's I guess it's a small detail that a lot of people don't really remember or maybe not a lot of people would have cared to see.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think he had probably so many ideas of things that we never that never saw the light of day from our end and. You know, Lord knows how entertaining they would have been. But I'm sure if it's Bray Wyatt, I mean, considering how much he put into everything he did, I'm sure that if they reached TV that we would have in some way, shape, or form gravitated towards it because he always found a way to make you do just that. didn't matter what gimmick he was putting forward. It didn't matter who he was facing. It didn't matter what night of the year in what town on what show. Bray Wyatt gave it 110% every single time. And I think that that's the take away from everything we've said and anything else we might still say is that there is nobody who will ever have been as committed to doing a great job than Bray Wyatt. I think that's evident by what others have said about him, what we all have said about him, his peers, his colleagues, his, you know, his fans. We all know it. We all can see it, and we all feel as though it is the god's honest truth about him and that's something special for sure
3: yeah and um (laughs) i guess i'll uh get a little bit more personal too but with with bray wyatt and also with kevin owens i think but with both of them especially bray wyatt um I think it was always really inspirational for me and as well as other people to be able to see someone who didn't look like your conventional wrestler pulling this off. You know, Bray Wyatt was never, you know, six foot seven and super jacked. I mean, he did get himself into good shape at one point and I was really happy for him too. But I mean, even still, he, he wasn't, he didn't have the most conventional, you know, build and, um, so for me and i i already know like i i after i was like 10 or 11 years old i knew i wasn't going to end up being a wrestler or anything like that but still to watch him do what he was doing and be built the way he was it was really inspiring um for someone like me and that's part of why i've always had such a great connection with bray wyatt is because he's proven that you know it's not always about how you look it's about how you present yourself and that's that's one of the biggest takeaways I've had from Wyndham and the lessons he's taught me, I guess.
0: Hey man, that's awesome. That's really awesome. And that's what this is all about. The end of the day, finding those connections to people that help motivate us to just do our best. You know, I feel like we all have those kinds of people out there, whether it's a wrestler or or anybody, you know, I, I love that. I love hearing that. That's awesome. Uh oh, man anything anything else you guys uh, want to share
2: no <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: yeah I mean uh, I guess Bray was an inspiration I think we're all just kind of uh defeated because we've had this discussion for over an hour now and now it's like it's kind of it's 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 healing to talk about how much he's helped us but now it's also like at least for me anyways it's like saying goodbye which hurts a lot <laughs>
0: <laughs> I saw a post and I think I sent it in the group chat a couple days ago after the tribute on Smackdown Friday where, where it was uh, it was the closing visual of the show where it was Bray's lantern in the ring and um, the picture of him on the board and in the caption of the post and I don't remember everything it said but I just remember the last two words and I almost lost it then and I'm trying not to lose it now by even thinking about it and I'm gonna try to say it it just said goodbye Bray and god damn does that hurt to think about because it's a damn shame that you can't really keep him at the forefront of your mind every single day you'll love and miss him every time he comes into your mind and it'll never be a a, a, uh an incorrect thought to say you, you wish he was still here but we'll be moving forward as best we can and we'll try to move forward with our lives, and with what we see on TV, and you know, moving forward with whatever is the next step. There's a pay per view on Sunday, and there's Raw going on as we're recording it right now, and AEW just had all in yesterday. You know, there's still life going forward, and Bray won't be at the forefront of it anymore. And I think that's the craziest part. It was the hardest. It was the hardest part of getting through Brody a few years ago, Jay Briscoe earlier this year. You know, with anything. I mean, I wasn't watching at the time, but I can only imagine what it was like when Eddie Guerrero passed. You know, same kind of concept as right now, active wrestler. That's the tough part, is letting go. Well, before we go, there's one thing I wanted to read. Because... Wyndham posted this, I believe it was last fall, and, it, and I saw it making its way around uh, social media again after he passed away. Um, you know, it, I want to read it because, and, and if you guys want to comment on it before comment on what I'm about to say before I read it, feel free. One thing about being a wrestling fan that I think. I love about this podcast and our friendship and our our group chat and just every day of being a wrestling fan is that it can take you away from anything that you don't want to be near in life. If there's bad things at home or at school or at work or wherever, my entire Life from the time I was seven years old, I could turn on wrestling, and whether I'm watching for ten minutes, two hours, or the entire day, it takes away whatever I don't want to think about. It's the escape. It's the enjoyment. It's the 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 crux of so many of the days that I've had over my life. People don't understand it. People get misunderstood. But I connect personally with people like Bray Wyatt because they give me the outlet I need that I don't get anywhere else from anyone else or doing anything else. I enjoy a lot of things that I do in my life. I love the people I have in my life, but nothing has ever compared to the feeling wrestling gives me. As a fan... As someone who dreamt of being one one day and wished that he could be. Wished that he could be sharing the ring with somebody like Bray Wyatt. Wrestling, to me, is the best pastime they'll ever be. And I owe it to people like Bray Wyatt, Wyndham Rotunda, who in a lot of ways quite literally gave most of their life to entertain me. And to give me that escape. And I will never be able to thank them directly. To thank him directly. But. Man am I so grateful. For what. They give. And what specifically in this case. Wyndham. Has given me. Years. And years of entertainment. Laughter and and fear and, and just a smile on my face especially on days when I needed it most I don't know about you guys but I'm trying to use this as a opportunity to be more appreciative of what wrestling has done for me in my life so uh, before I read this quote from Wyndham's post if you guys want to say anything about that and then we'll move towards the end
3: here No, I, I I couldn't agree more, man. It's uh very well said. And um I just I hope that you know, I hope I hope more superstars and wrestlers and from from the guys who are who've already made it to the guys who have still who are debating whether to take that first step and take that wrestling class and take that promo class and go to the gym or whatever. <laughs> I hope people learn something from Bray Wyatt and perhaps inspired to follow in his footsteps and do something creative and do something that no one's ever seen before and just ent- entertain people in that way.
0: Amen. Amen to that, man.
1: Amen to that. Okay,
0: well, now that I just stopped crying from what I just said, now I'm gonna start crying again because I'm gonna read this. But I, <laughs> I, I want to read this because the first thing I thought of wanting to say when we, when we said we were gonna do this was read this. So uh, I'm gonna just I'm gonna power through it because I feel like we could all relate to this 110 percent because of our deep desire and love for this business that makes us the way we are today, good, bad, and otherwise. This is what Wyndham Rotunda said last year. Wrestling is not a love story. It's a fairy tale for masochists. A comedy for people who criticize punchlines. A fantasy most can't understand. A spectacle no one can deny. Lines are blurred. Heroes are villains. Budgets are cut. And business is business. But it can be a land where dead men walk. Where honor makes you elite, where demons run for office, and rock bottom is a reason to rejoice. Woo! It's an escape, a reason to point the blame at anyone but yourself for two or three hours, an excuse to be a kid again, and nothing matters except the moment that we are in. Wrestling is not a love story, it's much more. It's hope and in a world surrounded in hate greed and violence a world where closure may never come we all know a place that has a hot and cold hope on tap for better or for worse i don't think anyone could have said it better than the man whose words always captivated each and every one of us huh guys
3: that's a fact (laughs)
0: Wow. All right. Well, um, that's going to do it for us, guys. Um, I'd like to thank Austin, Austin, and of course, my co host Angelo for uh, another wonderful episode today of this podcast. Um, Anything else, you guys? Any last messages before we sign off?
2: Thoughts and prayers to JoJo and the four kids. Amen. Absolutely. Thoughts and yeah, man. Uh, I,
3: again, just appreciate those who you have when you have them, um, whether it's a family member or whether it's someone you've never met before. Just appreciate the members of the human race.
0: <laughs> Amen, yeah. Angelo, any final thoughts?
2: Uh
1: I'm actually like speechless right now still. So, (laughs) um, all good, man.
0: (laughs) This has been a tough one. That's for sure.
3: Everyone go get your tissues. (laughs) You've earned it. Yeah.
0: Well, (laughs) that'll do it for this episode of the fans talk pro wrestling podcast. We thank you for joining us on this emotional, uh, emotional night together. Um, powerful night though, I think. And, uh, I think one that we all really needed deep down. And, um, you know, we'll be back, uh, but for now, thoughts and prayers, as Austin said before, to the Rotunda family, to JoJo, the four kids, the entire family, on behalf of all four of us, and literally the entire wrestling world, Bray Wyatt, Wyndham Rotunda, may he forever rest in peace. We were really glad to be your friend, Bray. And this is a friendship that will never, ever end. For he still has the whole world in his hands. For the Fans Talk Pro Wrestling Podcast, we'll see you soon. (laughs)